0: Hello and welcome to what am I listening to? Oh, I said personally, way too much.
1: (laughs) That is our opener right there for the day. Damn.
0: (laughs) Hello and welcome to Main Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt, and I'm Matt too.
1: We are reviewing testimony from hearings that happened on March 4th and March 6th. that has been busy.
0: Lots of bills today. <laughs> a lot of bills, yeah. Good news for us is some of these have already been voted on.
1: Ooh, th- so they are they are—they are right on it. They are not just, not just hearing testimony on it, but they're doing work sessions and they're voting. Huzzah!
0: Welcome to government. That's about civics. We'll get to that later. We'll get to civics later. So we're going to start with a couple that uh, have already voted as ought not to pass. Sure. Let's start off with a bang here. Yeah. So the so, bills are dead. So the, so the committee
1: said, nah. Okay, thanks, bye.
0: First one, LD-405, an act to increase the statewide minimum salary for teachers. Eh. <clears throat> LD-419, an act to require minimum salary of $50,000 for public school teachers. New things. And we move right on to LD-898, which is an act to provide for professional wage and support for new educators. What's happened with that one? Not an <clears throat> This one has actually been mm, looking at our sheet right now. What did we say this one was? <laughs> divided report. It is a divided report. Which means what? Uh,
1: from what I understand a divided report usually has to do with political parties. So oftentimes it'll be like a 9 to 5 or 9 to 4. Not a 9 to 5 also Dolly Part might be involved. Um, way to make a living. <laughs> So but it'll but it'll be like uh some folks feel very strongly about one way other folks feel very strongly about the other way and so then they're going to say it, it was not unanimous.
0: So this one moves on for a full vote.
1: W- moves on for a full vote uh based on the fact that the majority of the committee members wanted to pass it.
0: Now, one of the reasons the other two went on not to pass and this one kind of moved on a little bit was they when the testimony happened they considered them all the same at the same time.
1: Yeah, and, and as we said in our preview episode, the first two were very um, limited in what their scope was. They pretty much just said, um, hey, give $40,000 a starting salary and something else. And then the other one was just, we will establish $50,000. That was it. But this one, um, 898, was a lot more comprehensive of what it did and expectations for
0: it. So and since then, we have had an amendment to this one, which uh, I'm going to assume the divider report has to do with. But what this does, basically, remember this bill, it increased the salary, the minimum salary of $40,000, and it talked about teacher prep programs, and it talked about a peer report mentoring system, and it talked about how we were going to pay for that, and
1: it's a lot of, uh,
0: it talked about something else, and, I mean, it just went on for a very long time. So there was a lot of substance. There was a lot of substance. So since then, the amendment seems to have taken out – Anything about the teacher prep programs, Okay, which was uh, – I, I attended this day. Um, this one was a piece of uh, – a concerning piece about teacher prep programs where it was about the, the students have to, having to have actual 3.0 averages.
1: Yeah, we talked about that in the previous episode. We thought it might have been an institutional uh, issue, but, it, but the way that they presented it that day, it was more of a students have to have a 3.0 GPA. Uh, in order to, I don't know, get a de- get a degree or certification or whatever it was at the end, right? Or <laughs> yeah, so let's not let's not talk about undergraduate GPA, shall we? And,
0: and it was interesting because a lot of the testimony we talked about when a lot of uh, people came up. Not a lot of people, but some people came up and said, you know, some of the some of the better teachers that I've known
1: mm-hmm. are
0: really crappy transcripts. Sure. And I that's when I stood up and actually cheered. <laughs> that's right in my head but and it said some of the people who are like 4.0 geniuses with brilliant transcripts are the worst teachers yeah that we could we couldn't get rid of them
1: fast enough well there's been a number of there have been a, a number of articles or studies that have been done very recently about the impact that gpa has it's so a what if all where are all the valedictorians where have they all gone um and joe dimaggio and uh they've you know they said they're not spectacular they generally speaking they don't necessarily exceed exceed expectations like they did in school when it comes to real life and so to what extent then does gpa actually matter and so um or the higher gpa or the the issue of valedictory that's a whole other issue that we can talk about in a different time on a different podcast it's not a predictor but it's not really a predictor of life success
0: and it looks like they took that to heart when they did this amendment by crossing out that entire section yeah uh, which was good the rest of it was pretty much stayed the same in general um but that's why it's divided because there was a fiscal amount to that one by increasing the money. So I'm not surprised that that one just kind of is going to the house on a party vote. Right. So that's no
1: surprise. Oh, so it goes to the vote now. Whenever I don't know when they're gonna be holding votes though. I haven't heard that yet. We haven't
0: figured that part out yet, have we?
1: Nope. Maybe they've already been voted on. If they have been voted on and you know the answer, let us know at on Twitter at MainnEt Matters or on Facebook at Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. Thank you for engaging and listening.
0: So, that next one is LD 484. 484. A resolve.
1: Resolve, whereas.
0: But no whereas is in this one. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest disappointing one. It establishes a Maine state high school diploma. I'll tell
1: you, this is why it got the vote that it did.
0: Because of no whereas? Because of no whereas. Yeah, the bill's this bill's dead.
1: Yeah, ought not to pass. This was an attempt to kind of bring Maine into a line. Like, um, Massachusetts might have a whole statewide assessment or the regents test in new york or some of these places like that but uh just it, it didn't pass the local control muster
0: didn't get there at all nope next one was ld502 which was an, an act to establish the summer success program fund this one was super fun because this they, they were trying to they, well, first of all this session was supposed to be in the morning and it snowed that day oh that's right so they jammed it all into the afternoon so they put a bunch of stuff together Uh, which was cool, this public hearing, and then some work sessions. So they're trying to scramble. And the Summer Success Program Fund basically puts money into a fund to establish some summer programs. Mm -hmm. Not a single person testified against it. Not one. Not one. They did Did all ask kind of where's money coming from, but we love the idea. This is good.
1: So what? 100% of the testimony that day was for. Yep. Okay. And where is it now?
0: Has not gone to a work session. Yet. Not gone to work session yet. So it's just kind of sitting there. I'm sure they're figuring out the fiscal note now, which is why it's being delayed a little bit. I'd imagine, yeah. So that would be...
1: That was the fourth. What was it? March the 4th be with you.
0: So the whole... That was, imp- that was good. Uh, <laughs> sort of. Not really. No. It was kind of some weird imperial joke. <laughs> so... Uh, we'll we'll go to the next one, which was a couple of days later on Wednesday, March sixth.
1: This was a busy day for the education department. There's a lot going on. Committee, I mean committee, a lot not the going department. Going on.
0: Uh, this was all about special ed. It was the morning
1: one. The morning, all about special ed. Yeah. Eight bills that day. Eight hearings.
0: That's a lot of hearings. That's a lot of hearings. A lot of hearings, but relatively not a lot of testimony, to be honest.
1: No, I'm looking at the combined testimony of four bills for the morning. And it is twenty five.
0: Yeah, and the, the afternoon isn't much more than that for those four. So let's let's start going Twenty five over
1: four bills, and one of them had thirteen items of testimony. So that tells you the, what the rest of rest of ratios were.
0: Yeah, it's really strange. It is. Sorry, right, so let's talk about the first one. The first one's one thirty six, which was an act to establish a special education circuit breaker reimbursement program. Right. This one was presented by Representative Rudnicki and had three pieces of testimony and really only two pieces of testimony. Right.
1: So if you remember what this one is, this is the one where it talks about um, it the Circuit Breaker Pro- Reimbursement Program, and I'm going to read from the summary here, in which the Department of Education reimburses uh, SAUs and districts for a, a student who is eligible special education costs exceed four times the statewide EPS per pupil rate. Um, and 75% of the amount of the special ed costs are, above, are above, that are above four times the statewide EPS per pupil rate. So for those students who have out-of-placement costs or other very high costs associated with them, especially in special education, because as we know, if a student comes into the district, we have to serve them 100% of the time. And whatever their needs are, the district has to provide those services, and if the district cannot provide those services, then the district has to find a way to provide those services by some, going to somewhere else. So, if a student moves into the district with a need for an out that our district can't apply or use, we got to eat that cost. So, what this is saying is, well, if a student has, you know, uh, four times the statewide EPS pupil rate or seventy-five percent of the amount of special education costs that are above four times the statewide pupil rate people rate the, the 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 state will reimburse some amount
0: which is a good thing
1: for districts absolutely because these are these are things especially for for uh, for a lot of small districts um and rural districts this is a killer for their budgets um i also know that there are instances of a lot, some uh towns and some districts who've wanted to separate themselves from SAUs or from other, other regional districts. But the special education out of placement considerations and costs are so overwhelming that it's actually more cost effective for them to stay into the district. So, um, this is a way I think that, that, that can help smaller towns make decisions. if They want to make decisions like that as well.
0: So let's do the testimony part. Sure. So the first one was from MADSEC, which is the main administrators of services for children with disabilities. And they testified neither for nor against. And they say they're always in favor of a bill that will move the state towards covering the full cost, which makes sense. But it appears but. that the bill would require a lot more paperwork to keep track of individual costs for each student. And they were concerned about how the current EPS special ed funding will work with this requirement, that they're all for it, but they're looking to see what we could do with it. We don't want, they want to know more information. Right. So they're like, yes, but... Great, I- great, great idea, but,
1: I but we're not there yet.
0: So the other piece of testimony, the main piece of testimony, was from the superintendent for MACD 49, which was uh, representative of Rednicki's district, and it was asked to be put in by uh, Dr. Naiman, the superintendent. And he had five pages of testimony and went really in detail about what this looks like, what this costs. It was very interesting and basically comes out with a summary it seems much better than the individual towns to be doing this. It would be more equitable if we spread this across the state because yep. some places just get an overwhelming amount of um, cost.
1: They do, and uh, especially some some districts might be in rural, small areas who don't have a whole lot of, uh, lot of income to them, or socioeconomically they're 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 there. They're lower in that way. But if you have a really strong special education program in those areas, um, people find out they learned about that and they want to do that. So they will move into those areas. Well, now, if you have some certain districts might be getting larger and larger costs. And if their tax uh, bracket, that tax burden cannot or the tax uh, taxpayers can't necessarily withstand that, it becomes a real burden for those particular people in that town.
0: So a lot of the ones today have the same message as you just said. Yes, So the next one is LD 651, which is an act to facilitate school access to federal Title I funds and improve the delivery of special ed services. This one was pretty cool because this was sponsored by Representative Farnsworth and it was really interesting. His very first piece of testimony was, uh, this has happened before, this was put out last year, and I just wanted to bring it back for the discussions. However, I'm going to quote here. However, an unusual thing happened on the way back from the revisor's office. While I'd asked them merely to update a copy of the bill from last year, when I got it back, there were significant additions that were not part of the work of the task force. So this was basically a response to the task force they did a few years ago. And he says, I would like to focus in on the recommendations of the task force as presented in this bill. So then he went through the pieces that he wanted. He said, oh, yeah, by the way, cut all of this out Which is basically page and a half. He said, I don't know where that came from. I don't know what it is. I don't want it. <laughs> so, I guess that stuff happens. I don't know. That was really cool. So, that, again, very short piece of the testimony. Uh,
1: I put this testimony together, and they put added some
0: more stuff in there. What's the deal with that? Oh! It's just stuff. It's just stuff. I don't uh, know why my accent went that way, but it did. It's pretty good. Uh, only two pieces of testimony, one from uh, the Department of Ed. Yep. Basically, like, uh, yeah, a task force came out a couple years ago. We're already working on it. Right. And the other one was from MSMA saying, yeah, we, we want to talk about that, too. We we want the DOE assistance in this sort of thing. And uh, from our understanding is they're already working on it. Right. So. And that was it. That's all there is. So,
1: so Farnsworth gets up there and he's like, so – the, the, there's already work going on there, but I don't know what this other stuff is. And then the other testimony is, yeah, we're already kind of doing this. And we're working on it in some ways. So I can imagine the committee was really happy about, about that time, about the time spent.
0: Well, I the thing there was a very short problem. <laughs> that one has not gone into work session yet, so that's just sitting there uh, with no vote yet, obviously. The next one is LD791, also in the same vote, no work session yet. But this was an act to provide school districts with full state funding for students with high-cost special ed needs. Again, pretty much everything we said just happened. Yep. Um, The main one that I liked was MadSec said, yeah, again, special ed kids cost more. This bill uh, talks about a high-cost special education placement. You did it. Thank you. (laughs) And they don't know what that is. They're like they're all kind of high cost. Yeah. So what's do you put a number on that or anything? And then there was some testimony by. The well, DOA. there's the
1: normal high cost. And then there's then the. Then there's, the, there's the really high cost.
0: Maybe that's what they should have put in the bill. Really high cost. Yeah. Probably when
1: I got. I don't. Time. Yeah, they they don't really understand how how really e- expensive and how how expensive special education as a whole is, let alone if you even just separate out the out of district placement stuff. Everything else is just specialists and high needs so there's a lot of money that's to go to that
0: again all the testimony was pretty much exactly like we've already talked about right because uh, we're that good oh yeah of course uh no work session yet again and the last one for the morning uh what's related but not exactly was ld 852 which is an act to enhance the coordination of benefits assessments and expansion of continuing education programs for young adults with disabilities after high school this one had the most testimony in the morning. it did uh, Madsec was neither for nor against this one. Like they continued that uh, sequence all morning. Right. But they're like, yeah, we do need help with this one, but we're not sure how that's gonna work out. Right. Is what I was reading.
1: It's you know it's it it, it basically their testimony was uh, it's great to give the services while they're in school, but what happens when they're out of school? Yep. What happens then? And just kind of hands and shoulders went up like oh. No.
0: Oh. So I did read a couple of interesting things as I was going through this testimony. There were a few people from the Blue Hill area which talked a lot about a program called Nature's Nature Links uh, that works in other states. Uh, exists in Miami as I'm reading this one right here, and talks a lot, a lot about being able to establish those type of programs up here. And then somebody else mentioned it too. And I had the feeling that this is like a business proposition, but, okay. it, but it, I don't think it really was as I was reading all the way through. But I did get that weird. That's some
1: hashtag analysis right there.
0: The, well, my the, the knowledge <laughs> of stuff. When seven straight people from Blue Hill were testifying, I was like, these are all either going to be form letters, which they were not very proud hey, of them. Hey, Blue Hill, thank you for listening. Yeah, way nice to go. Enough. Thank you. Uh, and they talked about the nature, whatever I just said. Which is, I should say it rightly. Rightly. I should say it rightly. I'm going to look back. Nature Links. I apologize, Nature Links people. Find it at naturelinks.net. Yeah. So hey, we love freebie. you. There's a freebie. Uh, apparently it works really well, but it's going to cost some money. So they're all like, yeah, we have these kids that struggle after they get out of school, and we don't exactly know what to do. And somebody else from Blue Hill, mentioned Nature Links. So not exactly sure where it was, but it was all like, yeah, we need to do something better for these kids once they leave the right. schools. Right, right. Yes. And they had some ideas of some programs, which was great. And then that's really it. That's it. Yeah, so it was like more informative than anything, which I think gets the conversation moving. I kind of like that, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that—I don't think that's really going to do anything because it's nothing to do with it. There's really nothing. There's a... We should do more. Put hey, put together a task force. Right, an,
1: an act to mean, the title—an act to enhance the coordination of benefits. I, that's just—that doesn't really say what's going to do. Enhance coordination, so make coordination of benefits better. Which, because hey, I'm in. Sure, if we—if we can make things better, let's do it.
0: That's why we did this podcast, right?
1: It, that, I, it, it is it?
0: am not sure we're in it better, but we'll see. So that was the morning. <laughs> so we're going to the afternoon now. We are, we're just flying through this day. Uh, well,
1: because there wasn't much testimony to talk about, and everything was all kind of, all kind of related. Not a family tree, a family flagpole for the day.
0: Should have stuck with family tree, as we'll talk about at the end here. So I. So this is the afternoon. You and your transitions, space. man. I like it. <laughs> we're going to start with 587, All right, which was an act to require career options education for high school students. So again, this established a course, but they made an amendment. It was a
1: semester course, right? They wanted a
0: semester it. course, but they're like, you know, we should do this in middle school too. So we're going to change it to not just high school students, but middle school too.
1: Yep. Awesome. And they held a work session too on this already.
0: Uh, did they really? They did. March fourteenth, eighty-seven. No, we're gonna fly through this one. Two other pieces said, "Now we are have a process for this one." Let's move on. Yep. Ought not to pass. Ought
1: not to pass. We're
0: out. Thank you, Matt, for saving me thirty seconds. No,
1: not a, that, That's what I'm here for—to save people time.
0: That's nice. So. That's what our
1: podcast is for: saving people time.
0: We are gonna talk about this one though, which was knocked out immediately. In fact, withdrawn by the sponsor. <laughs> That's right. But there is a piece of testimony.
1: Yeah, there is a piece of testimony. I think we already we think we already may have talked about this one already at some point. Maybe we didn't. But this was the Civics uh what's the LD number on that one? LD six fifty four, an you.
0: act regarding instruction in civics in secondary schools.
1: Right. So so the sponsor gets up there and he says, Yeah, you know, this is a really important issue. Um we think it's really a thing. However, uh, there's another bill in front of you all that improves the uh, standards for social studies, that updates those, and civics is a major part of that. Uh, when I put this bill forward, didn't really know that that was happening. So I hope that you will automatically move this right to work session to kill the bill. Which they did. Which they did. As soon as he left off the lectern, they moved into a work session. They all voted out not to pass. And well, Bob's your uncle.
0: I'm still going to read a piece of testimony. This is my favorite piece of testimony <laughs> that I've ever seen.
1: Oh, my goodness. And we've seen some testimony.
0: So I'm not going to mention the name of this one. You can go look it up yourself. But there's only one. You no, know, we've got three pieces.
1: Okay. So you have to, you'd have to do some digging.
0: <laughs> You'll figure it out. But I'm going to read it out loud. I fully support the, in, uh, quote, this is not me, quote, <laughs> I fully support the intention of LD, LD 654 an act to add high school civics to Maine's graduation requirements by specific intention of treasonous entities inside our nation, we have become a nation of civic illiterate, illiterates. Hmm, easy for you to say.
1: <laughs> that was a perfect timing right there.
0: And of individuals who have been brainwashed to actively oppose our constitutionally guaranteed Republican form of government. I commend the bill's authors and would only suggest that the proposal be amended to include a basic definition of civics that comports with the basic Americanist understanding of our political traditions and founding principles such that the student graduates with an understanding of socialist slash communist slash anarchist threats to said republican form of government sincerely the person
1: yeah so we're gonna go to the next one one so uh it was amazing i i like the all caps constitutionally guaranteed republican form of government i love that because it is it is accurate but i like the the emphasis on the correct syllables if you know what that reference that reference is, by the way, good for you. Good for you.
0: <laughs> is it though? Okay. Oh, that's a, it's
1: a deep cut to a really bad movie.
0: Let's go to the next one. Let's do it. Which is 882, Oh, sorry. LD eight eighty two, which was a resolve which had again no whereas.
1: Alright, I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed. This was this was one presented by okay. Representative Samson, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put some whereas we need some whereas. This this makes the resolve so much better. I mean, uh,
1: whereas a a resolve has no whereases, it should not be voted on. I think that should be a a rule for the Education Committee. If there are no whereases, uh, we we can't see you anymore.
0: Well, they must be listening because this one has been tabled, which means they've talked about it, with no vote yet. No vote. So this one was a resolve to require the examination of the system of learning results.
1: Yeah, so this was the one that said, you know, we want to make sure that um, the standards are research-based. Mm-hmm. Um, developed in the state. Developed in state. That was actually something that was stricken. Uh, when when Representative Sansom came up, I was listening to this, uh, came up and talked about it, said uh, the in-state part portion might be getting people kind of worked up and worried about it. Uh, so let's go ahead and take that part out, which I don't know if you know, remember this, but that's exactly what we said on this podcast. The in-state portion was going to be one of the problems because it was a kind of a concern.
0: We are the predictor.
1: Prognosticators. Um, so there was, there was that portion uh, that wanted to make sure that there was a lot of talk about research-based standards. A lot of her testimony and her d- discussion at the beginning talked about early childhood education sure. and whether or not um, and the extent to which to like our English language arts and math standards, i.e. the common core standards, are based on early childhood expectations and early childhood needs and standards. And so um, the whole idea was around, based around that. Um, at least the whole testimony, was to re- revise or review the standards based on those needs and research base, And then there was the whole side of the assessment as well.
0: So about the – did we talked about this one before? We, we have. About the, the, the Common Core and the progressions. Yeah, we previewed this one. The misunderstanding of that one was if you have them in progressions so kids meet them when they're ready, it kind of takes all of that developmentally inappropriate stuff out of it. Because they'll learn it when they're ready.
1: So, you, so the, the, the grade levels based on age are, in a way, arbitrary and don't really make any sense.
0: Your words, not mine. That's,
1: I'm fine with those being my words because, my words, okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> because, yes. because there's no research that says a, uh, a six-year-old has to be in first grade.
0: Right. Just the way
1: it is. It's just the way we've always done it. Yeah.
0: So I agree with her on that part that, no, some of them aren't appropriate. But if you're in a system that really thinks about like not learning them until they're ready for it, then it's the, then it's, 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 it's not an issue. Then it's moot.
1: it's moot. It's moot. Or as Joey Tribbiani would say, moo. It's a moo point. It's a a moo. cow's point of view. So And if you know that reference, good for you as well.
0: So some of the other testimonies about the Accuplacer, yeah. which the College Board put into place.
1: I thought that was an interesting choice for 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 them to bring up because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, stuff regarding CTE schools and uh, the use of the Accuplacer. However, last year the CTE schools were not allowed to use the Accuplacer anymore because the College Board said, "No, we don't want you using that. So you need to use uh, just the PSAT as your measure of predictability and college readiness or career readiness."
0: Well. So, I, found, I found that
1: fascinating that they chose that assessment.
0: It's really interesting because College Board owns Accuplacer. They absolutely do. And this kind of walkthrough that, yeah, we don't do Accuplacer in high schools anymore. This is for higher ed. Right. Uh, and we've taken it out to be the College Board's SAT suite of assessments now. That's pretty sweet.
1: This is the College Board providing testimony. Yeah. They, they sent something in saying, hey, uh, you're, you're kind of ignorant on the facts here because we can't use the Accuplacer anymore for this.
0: It's not how it's used. Well, can't is it? Can't or shouldn't?
1: No, they they they're stopping. They stopped they stopped funding. I believe all the all the Accuplacer tests and said nope. That is true. You have to use the PSAT is that measure.
0: But the thing is with the acuplacer, I know I remember going this with my uh, guidance counselors last year, or the year before or something is like why we why we're not on some type of Accuplacer, something blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they're always like, yeah, we're not funding that anymore. Mm-hmm. Is this is the first time that I've read Accuplacer now just for higher ed, right? From the College Board. Why didn't I ever see that before, or did I just not read that email?
1: Okay. Well, well, you, you may have just like skimmed over it because you saw something from College Board and then your eyes just rolled in the back of your head and you passed out. Because I, I, that's how it happens it's to like me. You're in the room. That's what happens to me because I have real PTSD when it comes to the SAT. I took it three times, once with a flu, and I did not do well. <laughs>
0: Seems to be a trend. Yeah. So a lot of these, again, were in opposition or neither for nor against. Uh, the opposition was uh, we're already – we already have a process. Before. There's already a process. Um, which I get. Um, this would just – is honestly, the process has been a little screwed up lately because it's supposed to be like every five years or so. Right. And they haven't been doing that every five years because there's been like – not a Department of Education. For the last seven,
1: eight. Well, for how many years did we have an acting commissioner? Of of the in the last eight years, how many years was that? Probably a total of like four. four at least half, four at to five years. At uh, random times. We're an acting commissioner. And that's that, that's a that's a long time without actual leadership.
0: So it didn't work out so well. Didn't. So it's starting to come back a little bit, but. But well, we now have an
1: we now have an actual commissioner.
0: Actual human commission who we've talked to go back and listen to that one it was pretty good it was a good
1: interview Gotten a lot of good feedback on that interview by the way
0: so when you talk about feedback do you mean like biofeedback maybe
1: i do not mean biofeedback
0: neither do i i don't even know if that's the right term Uh,
1: it's not okay biomass or bioorganic fuels but not biofeedback not biofeedback organic feedback i'm in favor of
0: okay That one we can do, too. We can do organic feedback. LD-375, which is an act to promote the forest products industry and school construction and renovation involving heating systems. In fact, I
1: would demonstrate a preference for giving organic feedback over biofeedback.
0: Now, this one is my favorite bill so far. (laughs) And here's the reason why. This was on one of our very first previews.
1: Yeah, that we also talked about Yeah, it was.
0: And then it, it got pushed. Right. To a month later. So we previewed this on February 12th, and it got pushed back to the public hearing on March 6th. That's so a month ago. We were just ahead of it. That's all we were.
1: We were. We absolutely were. So this was the one that, that said uh, that districts should demonstrate a preference in um, using or looking at, when they're building new facilities, um, local, locally sourced wood products.
0: And... That was, most of the testimony was like, yeah, put us in the game from all the Maine Pellet Fuels Association. Yep. The...
1: Professional logging Contractors of Maine.
0: Oh, very nice. You're seeing them right there.
1: Maine Forest Products Council.
0: Integrated Energy Systems. Well... A rustic partnership. Maine Forest Products Council. Did you already say that one? Yes, I did. A lot of tree-based people saying... Yeah. Put us in there.
1: Right. People who want to like, I sell wood pellets. We represent people who sell wood pellets, build stuff with wood pellets.
0: By coincidence. Right. So some of the other testimony was like, we already do this. We already talk about wood as being one of the ways you can build furnaces and boilers with. Yes. Uh, We already do this. I was looking at, uh, I, if it's almost the list it's okay
1: so if it yeah all, all of the, the organizations who are against it said all right we're in a way we're fine with this because we already do this we when building a construction, we go through the process that the doe talks about talked to us about that we have to meet these particular standards and expectations we go through all that and we look at all the options The issue that we're having is the word demonstrate a preference mm-hmm. that's the language which I believe we talked about course we, we 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 hit that one again i just we're we're on a, we're on a hot
0: streak here the process that they go through um, it goes through all available heating sources including electric propane natural gas fuel oil geothermal and wood
1: right so so for example i, I i'm a school board member for ms8075 and, and they're building a new high school down there uh chose to go with a geothermal
0: or up there depending on where you're
1: listening or up there or around there, next to there. Any kind of preposition is fine. Somewhere. Um, but if this were to go through, then we would have, have to have given given an argument to the State Board of Education as we're going through the whole process that, no, we looked at wood and we prefer we wanted to do wood. However, we couldn't do wood, so we decided to go with geothermal, which is probably more expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we we demonstrated a preference, but we decided to go with. So I, so I think that's where a lot of the testimony against it is coming from, is saying you're, you're taking this real option away from the local control of how they want to design and create a, a heating a building.
0: Right. Uh, they do say, and Wilson has his testimony from the state board, says in that time in the last 10 years, two funding cycles, uh, nearly one-third of all the school construction projects approved, 11 out of 36 have used some form of wood or biomass heating. Not a biomass. During that time, not a single... Not biofeedback, a- though. Uh, that's right. During that time, not a single oil-fired heating plant has been approved. Our experience is that this process has worked extremely well in providing sound, locally-based decisions which have met these strong energy efficiency standards. So basically, we already have a process. We like it. It works. And it's working.
1: And it's actually doing what you want.
0: Exactly, so this one has been voted. Oop, three seventy-five. Looking at the wrong one. Has been ought to pass as amended. As amended, and I don't have
1: that amendment. Don't know what the amendment is. So Haven't seen have that yet. That yeah, it, it has been. It has not been posted to the website, to the DOE website yet. Not
0: yet. Not yet. You'll we'll get there. And it, you can it, find that on our spreadsheet
1: you can find that on our strategy, which is which is pinned both to our facebook page main education matters with matt and matt and on our twitter handle main ed matters
0: that totally works
1: that totally works
0: that was the end of march 4th and 6th review
1: march 4th and 6th, something like 12 13 bills we just went through
0: very quickly not bad only uh, 40 minutes in
1: For, 40 minutes and something like 400 to go <laughs> and with that,
0: we'll
1: bye